Hey everybody, this is Josh Gunter, pastor of The Gathering Springfield, and I wanted to personally thank you for tuning into our podcast. As you listen, I pray that you would be encouraged and equipped with the Word of God, and that you would grow in your desire to see His glory. Join me each week, along with fellow church leaders, as we dive into the Scriptures together with the desire to behold Jesus and become more like Him. I'm here again with Josiah Lockwood. Hey guys. This is our second podcast. Hopefully you can go back and listen to the first one if you haven't listened to it yet. In that first one, we really just sat down and we talked about our church, kind of the beginning of our church, the history of our church, some things that are really important to us. Josiah and I got to kind of talk about those early days. Reminisce. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) The truth is, I I was trying to think of that word, but I couldn't think of reminisce. I knew you were. I saw your face. (laughs) But... We got to go back and talk about some of those early days and things that are really important to us. We hit on some scriptures. Yeah. We we talked about our vision, Mm -hmm. which is for our city to behold the glory of Jesus and be transformed into his image. Yes. The scripture, 2 Corinthians 3.18, really important to us that Mm -hmm. uh, it just, it really isn't, I think, a great example of what the Christian life is. Yeah look at Jesus and become more and more like him. Yeah. We're not going to go in and re-hit on everything that we discussed. That's why we have the last podcast. You can go yeah, back and listen exactly. to it. <laughs> but I want to start where we left off in the last podcast, kind of talking about our church, our culture, and our core values. Yeah. We're not going to get to our core values today. Another podcast, another day. What we will do today is we're going to go through our culture we want to talk about the dynamic of our community, what yeah. we highly value. This is good stuff. Whenever you go to certain families' houses, you know what it's going to be yeah. like. There's right? an atmosphere you know. Yeah. There's an atmosphere <laughs> you know. Uh, I just got to spend a few days with three, four different family members of mine from, no, five different family members of mine from Oklahoma who came up and we got to spend the whole week together. And I told my wife, I was reminded of how fun life was growing up in that family. Right. And just like every family, there are times where you know people was frustrated with some somebody else. But we had a really fun family who met together every Sunday and a lot of times throughout the week. I, I have like 23 first cousins, and, and we were just a very close family. But we were a f- I feel like we were just fun, and I forgot how fun we were until we were together. That's so good when you're reminded <laughs> like that. You get to yeah. spend time. Yeah. And because I live I live in Missouri now, and my family's all from southern Oklahoma, so I don't get to see them near as much. Right. Uh, right. And so it was, it was fun just to remember how much fun we have together. Yeah. Uh, we kind of want to talk about that with our church with culture. Tr- yeah, yeah. I've been to churches where you go in, you're like, wow, this church is very, very loving you know yeah. this church is very you're or, right i have right. also been in those churches yeah. you're like whoa this the culture here is very intense <laughs> <laughs> there is though you're right you walk into a place and you can you you see it yeah you, you see can. it in the way people are interacting with each other and talking and just everything the atmosphere is just there's noticeable difference in different places there is and the longer you spend with a group of people the more you really start to see who they are yeah what they're about, what they value. Absolutely. We're going to talk about that. Before we get into uh, the culture uh, of the church, uh, I want to revisit how kind of how we uh, see the church, how we explain uh, to people our church. Uh, a little thing that I wrote down and 
Uh, We ended, I think, last podcast with this, but I'll go ahead and start by reading this. It says, The Gathering, which is the name of our church, is a family of believers who passionately pursue the presence of God together by devoting ourselves to the Word of God, to one another, communion, and prayer. Our hope is to behold the glory of the Lord and be transformed into His image. Every member is valued and encouraged to minister to the body through their individual gifts of grace. When we start talking about our culture, the dynamics of our culture kind of flow from uh, that little statement we just made. One yeah. is that we're a family. Yep. That's one. Of the, the church. Hundred percent. Was never meant to be anything but family. Right. The Bible says you are now a part of the household mm-hmm. of God. Yeah. We have been adopted, and not to make this a theological thing, but but Christians today, we are a part of Israel. The Bible says that. We are now the Israel of God. And if you go all the way back into the Old Testament, mm-hmm. God didn't create a club. He didn't create right. a, 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 a business. Yeah. He created a family. He Absolutely. chose you know, Abraham. Since he, the beginning. That's right. What did he tell Abraham? He said, I'm going to make your children, yep. your off, your descendants, as the number of the stars and the sand of the sea and yeah. so on. And so that's uh, good. from the beginning, God's he wants family. Absolutely. And so... We sometimes in our in our culture, and I'm talking about our American culture, right. which I am I'm all I'm red blooded American. You know, I love <laughs> America. America, America uh, baby. Sometimes we do kind of allow our American culture to overflow into the church, mm-hmm. and it kind of shifts the dynamic from what God made it, desired it to be, mm-hmm. into something else. Yeah. One of the great things about America is that we have oh, capitalism. I love capitalism. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, the work ethic, the business, the corporate side of things. I right. think America is rocking it. Yeah, uh, very good. At least compared to all the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And But that's just not what the church is supposed to right. be. Right, there's that mix that shouldn't be there. That's right. The church doesn't have like a CEO. And, and that's why whenever we started the church, I really had to pit my stomach about... Oh, president. We we had to file the paperwork. You know, president. Who's the president? Who's the vice president? I'm like, I just I don't ever see Paul and Silas or Peter and John and Andrew and those guys sat <laughs> right. down. Say, okay, well, okay. Here's Let's a president. Go over the here's logistics this. of things. Who's going to be the? That's right. Yeah. I, they just didn't do that. Now they did name apostles. Don't get me right. wrong. They they appointed elders. Scripture. Yeah, but the thing is that that stuff. Uh, it they, they were a part of like church family elders. It, it right. wasn't just people who okay you can fire these people and you can hire oh, these. Yeah, you know, it's you know, just like, like grandpa that. and great grandpa. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah essentially <laughs> you know uncle so and so. You know, but uh, the the church is a family, and so in order for a family to look heavenly or a family to to be as a biblical healthy family, there has to be three characteristics. Mm-hmm. Love has to be present. Yep. Honor has to be present, and grace has to be present. That's it. One could say that honor and grace flow from love. Yeah. But there, there are, there's still a dynamic to, to help Absolutely. Know, understand what that looks like. All these like. things are done in love. That's right. Really, if you focus on love well and you have a biblical understanding yeah. of what love is. If you is, want to get really narrowed and focused. Yeah. Absolutely. And really, you could just say just a culture of love. Love. You know, and <laughs> yeah. ultimately, these things flow from love. We understand that. Yep. But we like to hit on the importance it, of the three. That's right. And in our human mind, sometimes yeah. we need to. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, because, I mean, Delve the Bible... into it. All, and so those things, like we just said, that is true. But the Bible, even specifically, in fact, I'm going to go ahead and read a scripture that is First uh, Peter chapter 2, where it says, Honor everyone, love the brotherhood. So, yeah, I mean, if you... Biblical love, you are going to honor, but even the Bible puts yeah, a specific, you know... Spe- specifies yeah, you're right. uh, both. It says the two. <clears throat> That's First uh, Peter chapter two, verse seventeen. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear yeah. God. It even says honor the emperor. What does the Bible say? Who does the Bible say to love? Who does the Bible say to honor? And I would like to argue that it says honor everyone. Yeah. That's love part everyone. of that whole American thing. And there's like, well, you haven't earned it. <laughs> you, you haven't earned this. You haven't earned this. It's I, not I, what I, the Bible says. There, there are certain leaders who I don't feel like have earned my honor. Right. But the Bible tells me to honor them. Yeah. Get over yourself. And so we're just going to have to get over ourselves. Yeah. Uh, so um, let's talk a little bit about the culture of love, honor, and grace. I believe that this culture, when, I, when we say culture, we mean the dynamics of the community. Yeah. We, how we speak to one another, how we think about one another, how we act around one another, how we not just act around one another, but how we think about, away talk about, and act another. about away from one another. Yep. Uh, and then whenever somebody comes into the family, when somebody comes to visit our church, or maybe they're a, a guest, or, or or they're around, comes to join. whatever, it comes to join, <laughs> they start to understand that this is how we do things, yeah. is who we are. This works in family. Mm-hmm. A family has to have a love, honor, and grace, but it actually goes beyond just family. Even at a workplace, like this could be a practical leadership teaching yeah. uh, uh, for a CEO yes. or a boss, yeah, a, right. a company. I see that all the time at my work. I think of these things because we're so involved. We're so in the church, in our gathering, in the church. This is so prevalent that I, this overflows into my personal life and into my workplace. I think of all the guys I work with yeah. with this mentality. Well, and that's—I mean—that's ultimately what we want. Yeah, we want is. to transform the world by the culture within the church. Yeah, right. Yeah, and that's—that's that's that's what it. Jesus said. That's what—that's that's it. The, <laughs> that's the whole. That's part of the purpose. I mean, which this isn't the point of the podcast yeah, no. today. But since you brought that up, we sometimes think that we're not in ministry or we're not valuable or whatever it may be that we we're not fulfilling some big calling because we're working a what we would call a secular job. But like you just said, that culture you're going in because you're we're because our ministry, our church is so ingrained in this culture of love, honor, and grace. You're going into your work. You're saying that I need to love, honor, and walk in grace towards these people. Yeah. And the people that work around you, I I've met them. I've I've got to visit with them. They love you. They can see that in you. They know the type of guy that you are. And so I mean, that's ultimately what we're wanting to do. Yeah. I believe that their lives are being changed because of the culture that you, as an individual, walk in towards them, and it's yeah. affecting them. Yeah. So love. So love. <laughs> if, if if you have a uh, if you're a boss or you're in some type of leadership, I would like to suggest you know really think about how to create implement a culture. Yeah. Implement love, honor. And grace yeah. in your environment. How can we do this within the group of people that I'm surrounded by? My sphere of influence. Yeah. Try to implement these things in your family, right. even extended family. Maybe they they don't deserve it. Maybe they've done you wrong. And just but, watch it. This overflows into that beholding. You'll see God work. That's right. If you would say, you know what, they're not deserving of my love, my honor, or my grace, but I'm going to show them unconditional love, unconditional honor. Mm-hmm. That's we say things in the Christian world. We're like, <laughs> yeah. we're supposed to love people unconditionally. We say that. And I think that deep down we would probably agree with that. But then if 
But the time let's comes. get real specific. Yeah. That means be un- honor them unconditionally. Yeah. Show grace unconditionally. That's whenever the whole Christian life becomes hard. That's hard. The pick up your cross and yep. follow me, where it's challenging. It's that laying, denying yourself, walking yeah. humility, and <laughs> and we don't want to do that. It's hard. You, you you don't honor me. I don't honor you. You don't respect me. I don't respect you. You you're a jerk towards me. I'm a jerk towards you. And although there are some real life situations that yeah, I mean that's that's the natural thing to do. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it's the heavenly thing to do. Right. In fact, he- the heavenly thing to do often isn't the natural thing to do. Yeah. We're really wanting to walk in that heavenly culture. That's how we behold Jesus by living in His culture, by submitting to Him, by submitting to His Word. And so, anyway, we'll, we'll go ahead and get into the, to the, these three: uh, love, honor, and grace. What does that mean? I mean, whenever you We've talked about it enough to where I think that you and I could just sit down and talk about this over a table, <laughs> as we are doing Interesting. right now. <laughs> uh, but if somebody was to sit down uh, to you, Josiah, and say, I've heard you say a culture of love, how would you describe that? Like, what does that look like to you from your perspective? I may share some of my perspective. I may add, um, but whenever, if somebody was to ask you, okay, what is a culture of love? Like, what what are some things that that you would maybe say to that question? I think the way I would respond is just that it's looking at somebody else above yourself. It's seeing the needs of somebody else above your own needs. It's Mm -hmm. uh, just genuinely like having a sincerity in everything you're doing with that individual, being intentional and purposeful uh, with everything you do with them, whether it's just hanging out uh, talking about certain things, whatever it is, it's just being completely invested in that individual. I mean, that's how I see love is caring about every aspect and every part of that person. That's, I guess, the way I would would respond to that is yeah, just yeah. loving them in yeah. every way that I can. Not responding to people based on your yeah. feeling or emotion, but basing uh, like having a concern for them, a, the other person. Yeah. Um, and so whenever we say a culture, it's whenever you start having a group of people living that way. Exactly. A group of people. What if? You care about them and they care about you. And yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a group of people that says, I care more about the people around me. And so I'm going to respond and act <laughs> man, in such a way with them in mind rather than with me in mind. Yeah. That, that group of people changed the world. And you know what? That group Absolutely. of people have changed the world. Yes. That's the church. They have. You're right. That's the, now, obviously, the church through history, there have been pockets of time where we have gotten off course mm-hmm. and we have not lived in submission to the Word of God. But that is how Christianity has influenced and changed the world by living in this type of culture. Yeah. Now, you know, atheists and people who hate Christianity would say something different. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, Jesus said, the outsiders will know yes. that you are my disciples by your love yes. for one another. Yeah. And that's what it's about. It is. How do we know God's good? Because he so loved the world. That yep. he gave his only son. Yes. He didn't give his son thinking Man, about himself. Just think about that for a minute, really. Yeah. G- G- I love them so much, I'm going to leave my glory I'm in heaven, gonna, yeah. and I'm going to become a child. Yeah. I'm going to be born as a baby, and I'm going to live as a man on earth. God, this is a, for another podcast, but he didn't yeah. do these things as God on earth. He did these things as man on earth. Yeah. The things that he did, he walked as man. Yeah. Uh, but it's that giving, like he's giving a part of himself. Mm-hmm. It's just so, that can go so deep. Yeah. Because he so loved yes. the earth that he and gave And that's his the earth. example. Yeah. Man. Yeah. 
uh, 1 Corinthians 13, I believe, is the God's definition of love. We, yes. The world love has it. their... I love it. The world thinks love would be, oh, it's the strongest emotion that you have. Yeah. It's a strong... Love isn't an emotion. Now, there is a filio type of love. There is a love that is emotional, yeah. obviously. But true love isn't based on emotion. Yeah. It's a decision. When I was a kid, before we you know, could just Google the definition of words, <laughs> yeah. and I remember my mom and my dad and teacher saying, get a dictionary, yeah. grab that dictionary, go yep. look it up. I believe that this right here would be God's dictionary definition of love. Yeah, that's Dis- a good way describing of, love. Great way of First Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse four says, "Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth." Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Here's what I think is important about this passage. Oh, Talking about a culture of love, people say, well, it's an emotion. It's, it says love is patient. I believe patience is a choice. Absolutely. I have to choose to be patient with my children. Mm-hmm. I believe I'm patient with my children, mm-hmm. but it's not naturally, and it's not the emotion <laughs> that's coming up. Gotta it's not work like, oh, for it. I just love these girls so much. Well, I mean, it, really, yes. well, it is because I love yes. love my kids is why I'm patient. But it's the natural and emotional response isn't to be patient. <laughs> yeah. But I choose to be patient because I love. Yeah. And so be, I, I believe that me being patient is the proof of my love. And so if you're not patient with people, I believe that it's a proof that you're not loving them the way God wants us to love. And so patience is a choice. Being kind is a choice. Yeah. There's some people that just seem like it's not, like they're just kind. It's like, how can you be so kind? (laughs) So my mom is one of those people. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm sitting here thinking, yeah. My mom's one of those people that uh, it's like, wow, they are just very kind She's a kind human being. She is. She is. So there are people who are mm-hmm. naturally more kind. There are some people who are naturally more patient. Mm-hmm. But the point is, even those who are naturally kind, they still have to choose to be kind or or not arrogant or whatever yeah. it may be. And so all these things, it says love does not envy or boast. Whenever you see somebody who gets something or has something or whatever it may be, if it's envy, you're not going to envy their success. Yeah, you're going to rejoice with them. You're going to rejoice with them. like, yes. Love says, yes, my brother or my sister or this so-and-so, they something great happened to them yeah. or they got this great gift. Yeah. Thank God for that. Yeah. I mean, that's love rather and than yes. saying, why Rather than saying, man, why didn't I get that? Or right. how come I'm not? Or why? It's that. It's the perspective thing. It's not about me. It's about them. And then it says it does not boast. Yeah. Maybe you're the one that got something. <laughs> yeah. If you're the one that got something, if you love people, you're not going to walk around boasting about what you have. Look what, look what, look. Look, yeah. at, look at me. Look what I got. Look how successful I am. Look at my possessions. You know, and, and I love how those two are put together. Does not envy. Yeah, they're and it does right there boast. with each other. Yeah. yeah. Both. Re- so if somebody else receives something, you're not envious. Mm-hmm. But maybe you receive something. You're you don't want to hurt other people or make them feel like they have not, or you right. you don't want to make them feel like, oh, their life's bad. So you don't go around boasting about the yeah. things that you do. Think have. about them. 
Think about the do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. It's exactly what you said well ago. Yeah. It's you live with them in mind. Yes. You don't live with yourself in mind. That's the culture. That that's not just the culture of the that we're going after in the gathering, that yeah. should be the culture of every single Christian. Yes. Every single church should the church, be. We yes. love each other. Yes. <laughs> and should. if we do that, then that's how the world knows that we are disciples yeah. of Jesus. I'll say this too. Even that I went to a co-op growing up, I was homeschooled. And so once a week, we would always, all the homeschoolers would get together and do like school. <laughs> and before, before we would start. <laughs> and, and, and the reason for that is because homeschool parents know i gotta get this kid socialized he's gotta get out there he's gotta meet some people but we would get together and our president tammy she would have a verse each year that we would read and this was one of the verses but she i what she was doing is she was saying this is going to be the culture of all of us homeschoolers getting together and so that's why like josh said earlier it's not just something within the church but take this into every area of life and school uh, if you're going to school still in college, wherever you are, take this culture of love, honor, and grace with you everywhere you go it'll as a Christian, you. as a believer. Yeah, yeah it only helps. Now, yes. will you be taken advantage of? Yes. Yeah. You'll be taken advantage of at Absolutely. times in your yeah. life. Yeah. You'll be done wrong at times in your life. People disappoint you. Things will let, people let you down. They'll do that. But you know, they did that with Jesus. Yeah. But a lot of times we start off on the, okay, we're going to love people. We're going to honor people. We're going to show grace towards people. But then we're done wrong. We're mistreated. Yep. We're backstabbed, whatever it may be. And yeah. then we feel like that's a justification yeah, it's like, well, now, to stop. Yeah. <laughs> now enough's happened that, yeah. yeah. But that actually goes against the culture of love, honor, and grace because, again, love never ends. Mm-hmm. Love bears all things. Yes, it takes endures all, those all things, things, believes all goes things, goes through all those things. It goes through those, those, and that's true love will go through the heartache of those, yeah. the, the backstabbing or the it mistreatment. It never ends, yeah. yeah. It, it is forever. not arrogant. It is not rude. Most of us would say that rude people really get on our nerves. Rudeness, I have a hard time with it. Yeah. If I feel like you belittle somebody else, that really frustrates me. Yeah. You know, if you, like, if I feel like you're rude towards a waitress or a waiter, like, I'm, it, it gets under my skin. Mm-hmm. And I think that's good. I think it should. The Bible's. I think it gets under God's skin. I think it frustrates <laughs> him as well. But uh, love doesn't do that. Right. You can choose to be nice to people. You know, I like those shirts that say, be kind, mm-hmm. period. You know, it's yes. like, the, there's a, I don't know if those are popular anymore, but for a long time, those, there were sayings and there were posters and there was shirts that say, be kind. Love does that. Yeah. And so when we talk about a culture of love, we just want to be kind to people. You yeah. want to love people. It says it doesn't insist on its own way. This is a hard one. Now, so if we're being specific and talking about a culture of love, mm-hmm. that means if you think we should sing this song or this type of music, and I think we should sing this type of music, or we have a disagreement, love, if we're going to live in a culture of love, that means that we're not going to demand it right. has to go my way. Yeah, my way or the highway. It, you it know, doesn't insist on its own way. There's a lot of, you know, I'll just be, be honest, there's a lot of churches that, and there, it, there are times where maybe we've even had to, to yeah. be aware of this, is that it's so easy to say, this is the way I think it should go. Absolutely. So this is the way it's going to go. But, Absolutely. but and, and you know, the reality is there may be situations where that's the way it should go. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's not, not, you're not wrong every time. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you should. But it's what's the way that you're going about. That's it. right. 
Are you being gracious? Yes. And you're, there, there comes a is point it, where even in leadership— I know it's right, and that, so it's right. <laughs> or are you, are you really showing grace— to people who maybe they're just not seeing something that you're seeing or they don't have all the information or whatever it may be and you're you're trying to show them out of love and grace or are you just very demanding and yeah. it's even though I know I'm right I'm going to let them be right for the time being until the time reveals itself that it's like this is the way yeah, yeah. or I'm not going to try to defeat them in no. trying to show I'm, them why this them, is what needs so, to happen yeah That's how right. can I how can I present the truth yeah. in the right? You know, like in a debate, you you present good information, mm-hmm. and you try to show why the other person's information is wrong yeah. or stupid. In a roundtable of God's people, we don't do that with one another. Oh, right. that's stupid because blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we don't we're, we don't argue. We should come together and discuss. <laughs> There's yes, a difference. There is. I had a, a preacher tell me uh, he's an elderly man. He's gone actually on to be with the Lord now. He was a pastor down in Russellville, Arkansas. And when Ash and I were first married, he, he and his wife, his name was Tom Underhill, and his wife was Bonnie, and uh, they said, I said, Tom, can you give me some type of advice, uh, being newly married, newly in ministry? And he said, me and Bonnie have never had a fight. I looked at him, I was like, well, that's the opposite of I've heard any other married couple. And, these, and they were elderly, they had been married for a very long time. Yeah. And I was like, well, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> but he said... <laughs> He said, we chose a long time ago that we would never fight one another because that means somebody loses. If we have, he said, now I've made her cry and she's made me very mad. But we, in those moments, we don't fight one another. We don't try to defeat the other one. We yeah. sit down and we discuss our hurts or our frustrations or whatever it may be. Yep. And to me, that's a culture of love. Yep. And that's when, whenever I heard that, I said, that's going to be me and Ashlyn. Yep. And to this day, so far, we're not too far from a decade of marriage. We've never had a fight. And praise God you asked him that question and Thank he God. told you that and he lived that life because that's overflowed into me and Lauren's marriage as well. well you, right? You told me that a long <laughs> back when we got married. Yeah, you don't <laughs> And you it's don't been have that same thing. You don't have to fight. Don't have to. You can fight and people do you fight. You have the option. You see it when yeah. it's when the time's there. Yeah. And most of the times whenever But it's love. It's, it's a love. choice. It's right. I'm not it, going to do that. It does not demand its own weight. Mm-hmm. It says uh it is not irritable. I mean, it's not easily irritated. Mm-hmm. There are times where I've had to be like, "This is this is irritating me." Yeah. <laughs> this is, in, but I don't want to be an irritable person. Right. You know, if something's frustrating me, my response in those moments will be the proof of showing true biblical love. Mm-hmm. Now, again, nothing's wrong with being frustrated. The Bible says, "Be angry and do not sin." Yes. Um, there, being angry is not sin in and of itself. God has been angry. Jesus has been angry, and they they are without sin. So when he goes into the temple, he, well, yeah, he was frustrated. Yeah, he was frustrated in that moment. I think there are times where he's frustrated. He, in fact, I know he was frustrated with his disciples. The Bible makes that pretty clear, where he'd be like, yeah. guys, come on. How long am I going to yeah. be with you until you realize it? Come on now, yeah. And this word irritable, you know those people, it just seems like they're irritated all the time. They're so easily offended. They're so easily irritated, and they let it show. They let it be known mm-hmm. that they're frustrated. They, you know, throw their little hissy fit, or they start pouting, or they start cry, or they just, well, they just take their ball and go home. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the op- That's not what we're doing here. And the thing is, in church, it's almost a stereotype. Which I hate this. We've got to change the negative stereotypes of the church. But a lot of times, stereotypes are true. There's truth in them in a lot of ways. 
And so there's a stereotype within the church that, you know, sister so-and-so is mad at sister so-and-so, and they're trying to, def- there's this big division or disunity or frustration amongst the church, about, all this yeah. gossip, because so-and-so is irritated with this one, or she said this to her, or he said this, and it irritated he, and yeah. it offended this one, and this one, this one. That's so against love. love. Uh, it says that uh, it doesn't rejoice at wrongdoing. But it rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things. We spend a lot of time on love yeah. because I do think that that is the absolute is most important, important yeah. aspect of our culture is yes. that we have a culture of love. love. Yeah. And that's that's good in saying it. It's whenever we, whenever a person reads through uh, the, you know, a, a pamphlet or a po- whatever that shows that here's our culture, love, honor, and grace, that's easily said and it sounds really good. Yeah. But in practice, it's actually really hard. Yes. So people are like, oh yeah, I want to be a part of that. But they want to be the receiver of that, but very often they don't want to be the giver of that. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want people to be patient with me. Mm-hmm. I want people not to be arrogant towards me. I want them to be kind towards me. Uh, all these, but, but whenever you're put in a situation where you have to show kindness... Where you have to show patience, where you have to show a self-control, you don't want to do that usually. And so that's whenever we talk about a culture of love, it means that you got. We're not just saying this, but we've got to put it in practice. And yeah. if it's not being put in practice, we're going to have to talk about it. Yeah. And uh, it just it. I think it starts kind of from the top down in the sense of. I don't necessarily mean uh, there's not a hierarchy in the church. Right. I'm not trying to say that, but. A pastor of a church, if he doesn't have it in his family, he has no right being a pastor, in my opinion. I think that the elders and and ministers of the church, they need to understand a culture of love within their own household. Mm -hmm. Paul makes it pretty clear when he's speaking to Timothy, uh, and I think also in Titus, but... It starts with you. That's right. It starts with you. Each individual. It starts with, with each individual. And leadership have to, they have to get this within the church, yep. and uh, with, if with one another, yeah. And if the leadership gets this, then the body starts to see it, and they start to get it, yeah. Um, and then the culture of, of honor again, honor really in a lot of ways. What we just talked about, love. If you want to honor someone, love them well. Yes. But uh, whenever we talk about honor, a lot of times we say, okay, what's the practical steps of honoring someone? The way we describe it, what we say is to honor someone, the way that you think about someone, mm-hmm. the way that you speak about someone, and the way you conduct yourselves around someone. Yeah. You show honor, you know, some, a, a, maybe a practical example would be uh, in some cultures, uh, it uh, is honoring if uh, a woman walks into uh, a building, maybe an old fashioned way of living, mm-hmm. but a woman walks in the room, you stand up. Well, that was an action. That's why you acted around someone. Or you maybe take your hat off in the presence yeah. of someone or shake their hand. Those are actions. So the way that you act around people, you can show people honor by the way you act yeah. towards them and yeah. around them. That's great. The way that you speak uh, to them. Mm-hmm. You know, you can show dishonor by the w- the way you speak to someone. Yeah, and absolutely. not only that, but how you speak about that person when they're when not they're around. Not yeah, absolutely. You're correct. If, if if you say that you honor your boss, but whenever your boss isn't in the room and all your coworkers are sitting there slamming your boss, and you join in and you start slamming your boss, you're not honoring that person. Yeah. Don't just honor them when someone is there, but you honor them by the way you speak about them when they're not there. And here's the really hard one. Here's one that you have to almost show the most self-control is the way you think about someone. Mm-hmm. If your thoughts start to tear someone apart and you're 
uh, in your frustration, you're starting to focus on all the negatives of someone, and you're getting frustrated and irritated, and and you start complaining. You know what? It, you know you we I think we've all done that. Oh, absolutely. When somebody makes you mad or whatever, you start really dwelling on all their negatives. And I'm not perfect, right? <laughs> and so, in fact, I'll just we'll just be real transparent because I know you and I can do that. There have been times where maybe I've irritated you or you've irritated me, and so we start thinking about a situation. Yeah. And I start thinking, man, Josiah, bubble, you know, and maybe in my mind, I start uh, uh, thinking about you. Yeah. And say, you know what? That's not honor. And then what I practically do is I will purposely say, I will turn to all the awesome, godly things that you do and who you are and how, you, how you've been such a blessing to my life, a blessing to my family. And I start to making my thoughts. Maybe, maybe it was something that you, and this works, I know you've done the same thing too. Yeah, yeah. And so if it's something that I've done, something that you've done, Maybe there's something that you do need to address with me. Right. Or maybe I need to address with you. Yeah. Or, or maybe if me and my wife, maybe there's something I need to address with her. But I'm not going to sit there and dwell on the things that start loving frustrating that. me. Start loving. I start loving you. That's right. And I start, my, we, gotta, we change our thinking into, okay, yeah, so this is an issue. But instead of dishonoring you because of your issue or my issue, I honor you by saying, I absolutely love this person. And I want this person to be the best they can be. Mm-hmm. And I want to be the best for them that I can be. So how can I help them in this situation? Mm-hmm. It's a different way of thinking. It's like, you know, like for you, if I was, if there was irritation or something at something that you did, it's, I'm going to show grace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to be irritated. I'm going to, like you said, what's the best route or best way to yeah. help? Is this something that even needs to be addressed, you know? Yeah, because yeah, like, so, yeah, not everything I mean, has to be said. It, no. Everything that frustrates you. Look, I know that right now we live in a culture where you need what's on your mind. Yeah. Speak your mind. Post your mind. What do you think right now? What are your thoughts? And it's so Isn't frustra- that what Facebook says? Yeah, I haven't said, been on it a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Facebook says... Um, For your status thing or whatever? What's on your mind. Yeah, what's yeah, on yeah. your mind. Yeah. And so we live in a culture where it's like everybody needs to voice their opinion. And I would just like to say some of us just need to shut up. Yeah, there's some and, things that don't here, need to come out of your that's mouth. That's right. Here's what's frustrating with me, too. A lot of times, you know, you'll see somebody get in an argument or you just because you know the situation and then they make a post and they make it vague to where they're not naming anyone, mm-hmm. but they're making a post in response to a conversation that they had on somebody else's page or whatever. And it's so obvious it's, but it's, it's you're, you're not honoring that person by doing that, you yeah, know. Yeah. Just sometimes it just shut your mouth. Yeah. Or quit typing. <laughs> Don't push. Don't post. let it come out of your fingers. Yeah. Before before you push post, read that thing over and over and over Think again. Think about it. Think, pray about it. Yeah. And and uh, so yeah, honoring each other. Uh, in the way That's that you great. think about someone, yes. speak to someone, and conduct yourself around someone. Yeah. And we'll end with this one, to walk in grace towards people. Like you, you mentioned that just a little while ago. To, to walk in grace, the Bible actually says, give an allowance for each other's faults. Yeah. Give an allowance for each other. And so... Understand. Practically, here's the way I put that in practice, how, I, how I've implemented that verse... I think of it as you, my wife, people within our church, your wife, my children, my my extended family, strangers at Walmart. I feel like I am a bank, and each person has an account in my life. And I have personally put so much 
grace in those accounts. Yeah. This may not work for everybody else, but for me, there's an account in my life with my wife's name on it. Mm-hmm. And I she has an allowance of grace. So if, if she does something that is frustrating or she does something that maybe was, uh, like I would be justified to be mad at her yeah. or whatever, she already she already has an allowance of grace. So I can tap into that allowance of grace and I can give it to her. Yeah. And I can bless her and I can love on her. There's Josiah, there's a group of, there, he has, a, he has an, a bank account of grace in my life. Uh, those within the church... Uh, even people I don't know, if I'm in Walmart and somebody does something very frustrating, I don't know their name, but I have an unnamed account holder that they have grace. Yeah. I want to show grace. And so if I look at it that way, for me... I think that's a great visual, yeah. When I, For me, if if I didn't have that and you did something frustrating, I would it would be easy for me just to respond in frustration. Mm-hmm. But I, I already have an allowance for them. Yeah. It's already paid for. There, this error or whatever, this thing that's frustrating me, it's already paid for. There's mm-hmm. already grace that God has given. Yes. And so uh, that's kind of the way I look at that is to, that's is, great. Is yeah. to show grace. First Peter, again, uh, the chapter 2 says, Honor everyone, love the brotherhood. Uh, chapter 4, it says in verse 7, The end of all things is at hand. Therefore be self-controlled and sober-minded, uh, this is verse 7 in chapter 4 of 1 Peter. says, For the sake of your prayers. Your prayers will be hindered if you don't show love, honor, and grace. Verse 8, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. If I'm going to love you truly, it's going to cover a multitude of wrongdoing. Yeah. It's going to cover a multitude of sins. Yeah. It says, Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As then look verse ten, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Meaning each one. And then it goes on to talk about well, if it's this, if it's this, act this way. If it's yeah, this, yeah. do it this. But the 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 point is, we've been given a gift of grace to serve other people. So not only do you look at grace as if somebody does something wrong against me, then I can show them grace. But it's actually, I'm going to walk in grace towards somebody else, meaning I'm going to bless them with the giftings that God has given me. Yeah. To show grace isn't just to forgive them if they've done something wrong, but a more full picture of showing grace is, yes, doing that, but is also just blessing them with the giftings that God has given you. Yeah. That's a gracious thing to do. Yeah. Such a good chapter. Read it. First Peter it, chapter 4. Oh, yeah. It is a great, great yeah. scripture. First Peter in general yeah, is great. First Peter, yeah. So we'll end by reading this. We believe that the church is family, and in order for us to function as a healthy family, we must love each other as Christ loves. Yep. If we're going to be a healthy biblical family, we must love each other as Christ loves. We must honor everyone as God's creation. The young, the old, life in general, we should honor people as God's cre- even the the emperor meaning president even yeah. if the president look I'm I don't agree with our current president I don't like his policies I don't think he's fit to be president that being said even with those opinions of mine and those views of mine I need to still not dishonor him right 
in that. Mm-hmm. I, you can disagree with someone in an honoring way. Yeah. You can honor people you disagree with. Yes, you can. And we will walk in the grace of Jesus Christ towards one another. We believe church is family. In order to function as a healthy family, we must love each other as Christ loves, honor everyone as God's creation, and walk in the grace of Jesus towards uh, one another. Uh, and that's the culture we're going after. Yes. That's what we want. That's the family. That's what we want to produce in our lives. So as we, we end this, Joe, why don't you, uh, would you pray us out mm-hmm. and uh, just pray that uh, we as a family would get better in our culture and that somebody might hear this and, and that they would be feel led to start implementing some of these things. Absolutely. or that, that You know, you just pray. I'll pray it out. Lord, thank you for this time that we get together right now. God, I pray that we would understand what it is that you're speaking to us, what it is your word is telling us, and that we would implement this in our lives, God, this this culture of love and honor and grace. And God, I pray that we would truly come to understand your love and how much you love us so that we can in turn do that to each other. God, I pray for those that are listening, that they'd be blessed by this, that they would hear you, that they would hear your truth, that they would hear your voice through it. God, and I pray that it would be something that your body would continue to grow in and become better at. And I pray it over the gathering that we would become better each day at doing these things, uh, honoring each other and loving each other the way we think about each other. And God, I thank you for... Uh, what you're doing in our lives, and we give you all the glory and all the praise. You are so good. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.